I will confess, I am a little bit surprised as I opened up uh, the the good old-fashioned leaderboard from one Royal Liverpool. Did not expect to see the site that I saw at the uh, top of the board. I've been dialed out of this this morning. I uh, was, you know, obviously prepping for the show and knee-deep and trying to figure out what uh, what everybody's been saying and talking about with Oklahoma this week. And did not expect to see Brian Harmon go shoot a six-under par today and sit five shots clear of everybody right now in the Open Championship. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, where we're at right now, again, from L- Royal Liverpool. He's in the clubhouse. He's done. So Harmon is on to moving day. He is 10 under par. And uh, there's some that felt like, hey, game's been in really good shape and probably – uh, wasn't going to be a big surprise to them for Harmon to go play well and win this thing, but probably for most of you, you're like, wait a second, Brian Harmon. If you're not a golf diehard, you're like, that's not Jordan Spieth, that's not McElroy, on and on and on. So uh, probably a little bit surprising to some to see what is transpiring uh, so far through 36 from Royal Liverpool. Where Where's the amateur at now? I saw the amateur was on was on top of the board. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he, it looks like, let me see here. I am digging for you. Maybe he dropped a little bit. I would say he's dropped a lot of bit based on what I am looking at here. Yes, uh, he has, so far, he's still going. Round is still going. That is Christo uh, Lamprecht, if uh, I'm pronouncing the name correctly, which I'm probably not. He is uh, a cool six over par today. Ah. And one over for the championship. So, yeah, he's now 11 shots off the lead. Had a good first round. He is 6'8", Josh. (laughs) Yeah, he's gigantic. That's a big dude. Moser, man, Moser needs to get him in Norman. (laughs) Yeah, we need him. Uh, (laughs) We need him to go along with Dayton Forsyth. That'd be uh, a big-time commit. Well, what? Uh, speaking of basketball, what do you make of the commitment there for Oklahoma? A nice little surprise, I would say, yesterday. It is, and he picked OU over some big schools. I know Villanova's in the mix for Forsyth. I mean, he's a really solid player. I know he plays at a low school in Dale. I think Dale's eight, Class A. The Kinemar Chevrolet text line can correct me if I'm wrong, but, man, a really solid player. He's got good size for a point guard, too. I mean, 6'2", 6'3". So, yeah, important get to get those in-state kids to stay home at Oklahoma. Well, and I don't know how much we've talked about this right here on the ref the home of sooner fans but one of the common complaints that i've i've heard at times from people privately is hey why did this in-state kid not come to oklahoma and why did they go there okay well now you've got one right here in mr uh, forsyth who oh by the way as you mentioned had uh, some other some some other pretty big time offers out there chose oklahoma over oklahoma state wichita state villanova Uh, among others so i'll I'll be uh totally transparent i have not watched in person dayton forsyth play but just you know what you hear looks sounds like a nice little get to get the party started well he he took dale to the tournament of champions i mean they play in the you know the tournament of champions where the best teams in the state of oklahoma compete took dale yeah dale is class 2a not class a still man really impressive really good player yeah, big time get. Uh, and maybe you know somebody screaming like at the radio. We have been <laughs> pining 
for in-state talents because there's there's in-state products like Bryce Thompson and Garrison and T.O. Barrett and David Castillo and more that uh, have not chosen Oklahoma. So uh, and a kid, a kid me. that can shoot. I mean, I, I've seen a few clips from Forsythe. The dude can light it up from three. Well, you got to have that. Yeah, it's. I mean, in today's day and age, and probably in any day and age of basketball, but definitely now, shooters are they are at a premium. You've got to have those guys, and if you got a floor general that can space it and, and knock it down, obviously that's uh, that's great news. So nice to see Oklahoma get on the board in the uh, in the twenty four class. Yeah, someone asked how tall he is. Six two, six three. Not. Exactly sure which one, but uh, pretty pretty good height for a point guard. And now all of a sudden I would like to watch Mr. Dayton Forsyth play this year. I'm going to uh, at some point take in uh, one of his contests and get uh, a little in-close, uh, in-person type uh, type watch party for one Mr. Forsyth and Oklahoma. Yeah, Mar- Mar- Mark and Blanchard just texted. They, they beat Tulsa Memorial to win the Tournament of Champions as a Class 2A school. Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, some folks, uh, some folks are pretty excited about it. Some folks, uh, Class A, and then <laughs> said, uh, "Dang, I guess they've uh, <laughs> bumped up to two A." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always remembered them being at Class A. I'm not sure how long ago they did move up to Class Two A. Have we heard anything on Kelly Maxwell? By the way, Chuck from the. The uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439, as we get our number two underway, wants to know, have we heard any word on Kelly Maxwell since she's, since she's come back from across the pond for uh, Sooner softball? I, I think it's been pretty quiet. I mean, I haven't had to – I didn't ask Plank at all throughout the week. I didn't want to bug him about that. But I, I really haven't seen anything about Maxwell. We need to – we need to start bugging Mr. Plank. I'm that way too, though. I, I, I just, <laughs> you know, it's like obviously Plank is about as good of a source as you can have on the, the softball beat, right, play-by-play guy. And yet I feel guilty texting Plank, hey, uh, what are you hearing about this? What are you hearing about that? Because you know the dude's getting asked at oh, a lot. Um, uh, yeah, by everybody. And, you know, you do a, a radio show with someone – You'd like to have a nice, you know, I consider Plank a friend. You know, this is not just some big act while we do the radio show. I mean, Plank's genuinely, and I feel like he would say this honestly, too, on his behalf. I think he considers me uh, a friend as well. And so I'm not trying to drive uh, my friend up the wall, right? But I, I do want to know. We still haven't seen anything on uh, on Vodder, right? Uh, n- nothing on Vodder, too. I'll be honest with you, I haven't been on top of the college softball news these past uh, few weeks but let me see if we do have anything about Vodder. <laughs> Dan on the text line Dan and Madison Dale has been 2A forever <laughs> my kids played there from 09 to 15 oh maybe that maybe it has been a little while sometimes well, sometimes go. I get mixed up with schools the from class A class 2A because you know in some sports they can be a different classification I sort of feel this way too though if Maxwell or Vodder tell you yes, I think you're going to have room, right? Yeah, but somebody yeah. from the from the six two zero out of Kansas, how about that? Uh, OU already picked up two transfer pitchers. 
Maxwell's probably headed to Texas. To the Longhorns? Is that what people are thinking? Uh, I, first time I'm, I'm seeing that. I'm, maybe she's – I mean, she's from Texas, but I don't know. Or just anywhere in the state of Texas. But either way, if you pick up another pitcher, I mean, you're probably looking at four girls in a pitching rotation for the season. Not just yeah, two, I, not just two, not just three. You'll have four. I, I do feel like Oklahoma softball is in a pretty good spot with what they have right now. So, you, in case, in, in case you missed it, Peyton Monticelli, rising, uh, rising youngster from Wisconsin, transfers to Oklahoma, has three years of eligibility remaining, and everything you hear about Peyton Monticelli is strikeout artist 80 some plus strikeouts in i think uh, about the same number of innings this year for wisconsin and the era just a little bit over two and oh by the way that defense for wisconsin not anywhere close to the defense of uh, the nation's top defense that oklahoma had so just looking extrapolating the data there for one peyton monticelli i think I think you're in a pretty good spot banking on Peyton Monticelli only getting better with Rocha and with Oklahoma. Keeney, again, uh, you look at some of what, well, look at what happened uh, versus Oklahoma, and then you look at what happened just throughout her season at Liberty. They go using a really good spot with those two and, of course, what you already had in uh, in Nicole May and with Kirsten Deal. And uh, folks uh, will remind us about S.J. Guerin as well. So, yeah, Oklahoma's probably done, right? Probably done. I don't think so. Yeah, a player, a pitcher that gets lost in all this is Kirsten Deal, and she helped you out in some pretty big spots last year, especially in the Bedlam game. So she she could be in for a really good uh, sophomore season. She'll be right in the mix uh, for time on the mound. Maxwell's going to Florida <laughs> from the 580. So yeah, we're, I, uh, we, we just stirred up a lot of Dale talk, too, about what, <laughs> what class – uh, Dale is and how long they've been 2A. They Most are class been, they are class A in fall baseball, 2A in basketball and spring baseball. They don't have football, too small to have football so they do play fall baseball. I would describe most of the Dale conversation is pretty nice, except for this last text that we got, which uh, describes it as nothing but cornfields around there. <laughs> yeah. so. Not not yeah, not much not much around there. Again from the six two zero May, Deal Monticelli Keeney and Garen, not getting Kern hurts uh, two ways. We could have used that lefty bat. Plus the Stanford lineup gets a big boost. Yes, uh, I hear you, I hear you on that. But uh, I just think Oklahoma felt like offensively they're in a pretty good spot. And I'm not saying that Oklahoma didn't want Taryn Kern. I th- I think that you know I I think they did, but. Uh, it makes sense for Kern to to go back out west where she's from, Stanford. Look, we saw it firsthand last year. I mean, it's an exciting team with uh, Nigel Kennedy at Stanford. So makes sense for her. But oh, use. I mean, the lineup is great right now, and defensively, you're in a really really good spot. And we don't know. We don't know about. Uh, I mean, we think we know that what all four of the signees. In this class for Oklahoma are top 20, top 15 players, depending on whichever various softball recruiting service you're looking at. So 
we think we know that uh, the signings for Oklahoma are pretty good in this class. And, oh, by the way, there's several from the previous class that, you know, haven't really uh, had their opportunity just yet. So all I'm saying is I think you're okay, even though you didn't get Kern. I, I Though I will say I'm generally speaking, and I have this same philosophy typically with uh, draft picks, and I know that that's, you know, professional sports versus softball, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm very much, uh, yes, I will take proven gold over we haven't seen it yet typically even though i think oklahoma in in a very good spot yeah shouldn't be worried i know you want to get a big time pitcher in the transfer portal but i mean oklahoma is still known for getting the number one or number two pitcher in a softball class to come to oklahoma so you are just fine with that from allen right here in the 405 i get the feeling that josh heupel Attending the Roy Williams Hall of Fame get-together may have helped smooth over his relationship with former teammates and coaches, especially Stoops. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that was, that was pretty cool to see. I know that picture got around everywhere for Josh Heupel uh, being there, attending that. And, yeah, his relationships with everyone at Oklahoma, everyone who was at the Roy Williams Hall of Fame. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool for him. What does it take for – this to just not be something really we talk about going forward. Because Heupel's, you know, publicly come out yesterday and said, yeah, the, you know, there is no complicated relationship. What will it take for everybody to get on board with the idea that, yeah, there, there really is no more animosity? Gosh, I don't know. Cause I feel like we're going to, yeah, just keep talking to this. I mean, leading up to the game and maybe after when – when Oklahoma does beat Tennessee, then we'll <laughs> right. got it. We'll, convincingly. Then we'll stop talking about it. Yeah, I guess just maybe that day, right? I mean, just Hypo coming in and whatever reception he gets, uh, you know, I would imagine, I mean, Bob Stoops being around, right, to to, to shake Hypo's hand and welcome him back into the pal- – I mean, you're talking about a head coach, though, is coming in, so I don't know that you're – you know, I mean, outside of going to midfield and, and talking to Venables before the game, there's not uh, probably a ton, I wouldn't think, of, hey, shaking hands and talking to everybody before the game, right? I mean, it is it is a competitive arena, but that would go a long way, I think, too, if, again, whether it's that weekend or after the game or whatever, if you could have stoops in Hypo, some sort of interaction between those two for everybody in the stadium to see. Am yeah. I crazy? Is that right? No, I, I, I agree. I think there's going to be something special, whether it's before the game, something little, or uh, after the game's completed. Some talk, talks with Stoops and maybe some other coaches uh, who were during that time and who coached with Heupel. <laughs> I, I, I knew we could get one of those eventually today from the 918. It's for you talking heads to quit talking <laughs> about it. It's the media. I mean, it's the media, too, that keeps bringing it up. And, yeah, SEC it, it Media is. Day. Hey, let's be fair about it. To some degree, it is. I mean, that that is not a false statement. Yeah, it's true. Uh, from the 405, you're in a career where you're going to get fired. It's part of the job. And I think everybody, you know, for the most part gets that. Business, but, uh, yeah, business is business. It is what it is, right? I mean, that, that just is – that's major college football, unfortunately. And, you know uh, – any walk of life professionally is unfortunately at times the the personal feelings you, you can have great personal feelings but 
business is business at the end of the day, right? I mean, business is uh, business, and you have to do what what, uh, best positions you. This this is a pretty good text from the 405. Remember Stoops getting asked about K-State and Coach Snyder every year until he retired? (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. I feel like we had three years of that leading up. So if this is indeed the last year for Coach Snyder, what are some memories (laughs) you remember about him? Uh, and it wasn't even usually prefaced like that. It was more, hey, what was it like when you were at what Kansas was it State? Like? Yeah. What do you remember uh, <laughs> about Coach Snyder? What were the the biggest lessons you took from Coach <laughs> Snyder? Have uh, Teddy and Tyler ever asked Coach uh, Stoops about that? I know, uh, obviously, that's uh, appointment radio when Stoops comes on. But have they have they ever asked him if he ever got sick of those questions? I don't know, but they definitely should have because right? he got asked that quite a bit. I'd love to hear what he says about that. I mean, obviously, you know, the relationship there is great, and it should be. You know, I mean, that's uh, – we're, we're joking here. Everybody gets that's an Im- integral piece of Bob Stoops' coaching career is uh, Bill Snyder. It's just funny, right, that year after year after year you basically get asked the, uh, the same question. So we have uh, opened up hour number two, and I, I still didn't share with you what Shane Beamer and what Nick Saban had to say about Oklahoma joining the SEC. Again, the, the talk of the town this week, I feel like at SEC Media Days, has been OU in Texas. And, and probably a little bit of that is being in this OU bubble. But uh, I do think that you could make a pretty strong argument that Connor has been the the one of the biggest talking points, no doubt, at SEC Media Day. So what did uh, each of those two have to say about Oklahoma? Plus, again, I keep teasing it. I promise. We're going to get to some of it next. Danny Stutzman, after the break, it's the home of Sooner fans. Unless, of course, you you dive in here on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000, which, oh, by the way, it's a Friday, and that's where we're hanging today is at Riverwind Casino. Collective Soul tonight, Showplace Theater, Show starts at 8, doors open at 7. There are still limited tickets available. You can purchase those online or, uh, if you're in the neighborhood, swinging by the box office as well. Plank Show, hour number two, rolls on next right here. It's the home of Sooner fans. Back with you, it's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside Connor Pasby. We're hanging out today at the, well, at Riverwind Casino where we're always hanging out on a Friday right here on the ref. And on the Plank Show, Riverwind Casino is the best place to play. Almost 3,000 of your favorite games, Riverwind. Again, it's the best casino in OKC. Play with your wild card all month for a chance to win a share of $100,000 right here at Riverwind Casino. Drawings held every Friday and Saturday, so that's tonight uh, through uh, the 29th of uh of july so riverwind come on out the best place to play and oh by the way they've got collective soul tonight so far as i know they, they still have some limited tickets again doors open at seven show is at eight collective soul you can uh you can swing on by the box office to purchase tickets you can order tickets online and probably they can help you out over the phone too. number to call 405-322-6464 is the number to call so, uh, again, a bunch of feedback on Josh Heupel and his comments from yesterday about Oklahoma. 
And just one more, and then we'll move on to what everybody else had to say about OU and Texas this week. Here's from Frisco Sooner, and this is good. Regardless of what happened with Heupel at Oklahoma after his playing days, you could make an argument that Josh Heupel is one of the top five or ten most important, not best, but most important people in the history of OU football. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about his playing career, winning a national championship at Oklahoma as a quarterback, that's what I mean. I mean, during times like this, you can look back at his playing career and maybe forget his coaching career a little bit since both sides have really moved on. Both sides have had some success, and now he's had some good success as of late with Tennessee. What about everybody else? Because it seemed like every coach was getting asked, right, Connor, about OU or Texas. And another name that will be here in Norman in 2024, and another name that, of course, was a part of this Oklahoma coaching staff, Mr. Shane Beamer was asked, hey, is Oklahoma SEC ready? And it sounded like this. They're certainly ready. You know, you guys know more about the ins and outs of their program right now, but this is a team that prior to last season had or what had won five straight conference championships in the Big 12 going into 2021. And then in 2021, they won, I think, what, 10 games, 11 games, something like that. So they had a heck of a season in 21 uh, with Lincoln. So they're not very far off, that's for sure. Um, certainly, this league is, is, uh, is different. The line of scrimmages are, are different beyond the field, just the, the stadiums. And when I was talking about an opening statement, just about this league, it's one thing I love about this conference, just the stadiums that you get to go into every single Saturday. Saw a stat the other day where it's, you know, I think the SEC led the country in average attendance per game, and it wasn't even close compared to the rest of the conferences. So realizing that every single Saturday you're going into a stadium that's got 70, 80, 90, 100,000 fans in it, is uh, that'll be different, you know, for those teams coming in. But certainly feel like they're ready. They've uh, a great tradition at that place, and um, and um, you know, excited about going back to Norman in 2024. We got a lot of football to play before then, but they uh, that's a proud program with great leaders from under Joe Castiglione and excited about having uh, OU in Texas in this awesome conference. Shane Beamer, you heard it there first. OU is ready. They are ready, Connor. And, uh, you know, that feels like that's sort of the, in a lot of ways, that's one of the big stories. Of course it is for Oklahoma this season. How, how ready are they and we're not going to know the answer to that the same way a lot of these questions about how much more improved will Oklahoma be from year one to year two under Brent Venables. Uh, you know, I'm ready to just watch these games start unfolding, right? <laughs> right. Because, it, you know, there's only so many times that you and I can sit here and tell you and genuinely feel that Oklahoma is headed in a positive direction because of what they've done with the previous couple of signing classes and what they're continuing to do on the recruiting trail, which, oh, by the way, more people uh, are asking out there on the text line, hey, where is this Taylor Tatum decision? Where is it at? When is it coming? It's 11 o'clock when uh, the announcement will happen, and it will be on the Arcana Longview Game Day YouTube page is my understanding. So that's where it will be streamed live. But the staff... They're recruiting their tails off. Oklahoma is recruiting better than it's ever recruited. And to me, I tweeted it out after the Jaden Jackson, if you want to call it a flip, if you want to call it a surprise, after the Jaden Jackson commitment to Oklahoma, the only thing missing 
is winning for, for Brent Venables in Oklahoma. They're doing everything else. So I'm really positive about where the direction of Oklahoma is at right now. I do think they're SEC ready. But, uh, again, kind of like this season and how improved is Oklahoma from last year, you know, some of it's kind of silly to, again, day after day after day, talk about some of this stuff because we just won't know until we watch them play this season. I'm optimistic. I feel good about it, but we're about to find out, and that's the most exciting part. Yeah, we won't know till after the season, but, man, they're doing pretty well right now in the recruiting class. And offensively, man, they're getting so many weapons. Now, Josh, we're just waiting on some big guys up front in the trenches on the defensive line, and you got two, man, two really big names lined up to see if you can grab David Stone or Williams Winery or both, and maybe a few linebackers in that class as well. But it's looking really good offensively in this recruiting class. 43 days. Six Saturdays away tomorrow, by the way, from uh, Oklahoma football. So, believe nice. it or not, talking season, well, talking season never truly goes out of style right here on the home of Sooner fans. But talking season, to some degree, it's about to be over, right? All of the projecting and who will this team or that team be. We're about to start getting answers to these questions here uh, in short order, and I can't wait for that. Because uh, I'm optimistic that this Oklahoma team is going to answer the bell. One of the uh, one of the items we heard a lot of from Big 12 media days, the big push was have to be better in fourth quarters. Heard that from Danny Stutzman. We'll play that for you in just a moment. But real quick, hey, Nick Saban was asked about Oklahoma as well, joining the SEC. And, I mean, do we say uh, right now that Saban's sort of the godfather, the dawn of college football at the moment? I mean, take your pick on if he's the greatest of all time. Certainly over the last 20 years, Nick Saban's done a lot of winning in college football, and he's he's sort of, I mean, he is the old head in the SEC. So what does he think about Oklahoma and Texas joining? He was, he was toting the SEC line, baby. Oh, I think it's a great addition to the SEC. I mean, you've got two um, great programs that have great traditions um, that – have great fan support. Uh, I think it, you know, just continues to uh, sort of the map of the SEC it is stronger than ever. Uh, I think the competition is going to be, um, it's always been difficult. It's going to be even more challenging uh, because you've got two really, really good programs who have consistently if you look at the past, have been you know top ten programs for a lot of years, um, won national championships. Um, so they're going to add a lot to the competition. I think with the new scheduling that we'll have in the future, it's uh, more good games for fans, more diversity in who you play. Uh, so there's a lot of positives, you know, about it. By my count, we uh, we didn't have a lot in the way of negatives for Oklahoma and Texas joining the league. There wasn't a head coach that sat up there and said, now they're not ready. <laughs> they're not ready for the SEC. We didn't get any of that. Well, the, the, uh, the only negative to take away from it is they kept saying Texas and Oklahoma, not Oklahoma, Texas. The uh, we, we did have one player, right? One player from uh, LSU, Mr. Josh Williams, who said, uh, I don't think they know what they're getting into, end quote. Yep, and then uh, the complete opposite from a Georgia offensive lineman speaking the truth. 
what what uh, what did our Georgia offensive lineman say? I missed that. I'll have to go back and look, but he did say that Oklahoma and Texas are ready, and he's a very smart kid talking about the history that Oklahoma and Texas had and saying that they are two-story programs coming to the SEC. Look at that. Very nice. Yep. Uh, that, that, again, not the case for one uh, LSU running back Josh Williams, who uh, <laughs> Houston, Texas native, says OU and Texas not ready. Uh, let's see here. Quote, I don't think they know what they're getting into. The SEC is a beast. Everybody knows. But I'm excited for them to actually get into the conference. And then, you know, being – or go, go go ahead. He Just finishing his quote here. You know, being from Texas and seeing all these guys from Texas either have to go to A&M or leave the state to play in the SEC, it's a big deal to really have another opportunity for guys to be playing in Texas, stay in state, and play for their state. So – Hey, he's happy for the state of Texas, but uh, they don't know. We, we don't know what we're getting into. Even though I think everybody knows what they're getting into. And then after he said that, I think he had some fans on Twitter uh, dig some information about him and that he was a two-star running back uh, coming out of high school. Oh man, <laughs> poor guy. It's uh, never good when the two-star running back starts running the mouth, right? Nope. But that's about as negative I think as it got this week. Most everything I feel like was really, really positive. It was, yeah. I knew the question would get brought up, but I didn't expect it to be talked about that much throughout so many coaches at the SEC Media Day. Boy, here's the uh, loaded question from the text line. We'll leave you on a cliffhanger. We'll come back, address this. Let's hear from Danny Stutzman as well. If you could go back, would you hire Shane Beamer over Brent Venables? That is, uh, again, that's from the text line. It's from, from the 303. And uh, that is, uh, again, off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We, we, can, we can broach those waters. We can wade into them next right here. It's the Plank Show, hanging out with you, hour number two on a Friday. So happy to be with you from the Riverwind Casino, where tonight, Collective Soul, they will uh, open up doors 7 o'clock in the Showplace Theater. Show starts at 8, and, again, you can, uh, you can get... Tickets by calling 405-322-6464, online, riverwind.com, or just right in here, in person, in the box office. But let's hit that text next, and uh, let's let's hear from a little Danny Stutzman as well on Oklahoma, all of that and more. It's the Home of Sooner fans next after this. Back with you. It's the Plank Show. Happy Friday, everybody. We made it. Made it. To the end of the work week, and we've almost made it to the Taylor Tatum commitment announcement ceremony. Many of you are wondering. It's at 11 this morning, and it will be on the Texarkana Longview Game Day YouTube page. So that's where it will stream live coming up at uh, 11 o'clock. So that is uh, right around the corner. We're still thinking, feeling good, that it's uh, Oklahoma and well, it's recruiting, though. So until I see him toss uh, Oklahoma jersey or cap or this or that on, even as great as I feel, I mean, there's some people that are, feel like this is a done deal for Oklahoma. But uh, I will hold out just a, a small, a small bit of trepidation, though I'm feeling like this is going to be a good day for Oklahoma here in uh, a very short span of time. But we're all going to find out just uh, right after 11 o'clock again. Tex Arcana game day on YouTube if you're wanting to follow along. We are hanging out today at Riverwind Casino. We love it out here. I'm here until noon, just uh, just outside of Chips 
Chips and Ales, where they're about to open up shop at 11 o'clock. We're here until noon, and then Steelman and Thune take over until 2 o'clock. And might I remind you, double plays and double winnings, they're live. They're now until July 29th. Earn one entry for every five points earned on your wild card, including five times entries on Sundays and Mondays. So uh, you want to come on out and join them each Friday and Saturday where uh, they've got uh, plenty of plenty of winnings, plenty of giveaways from 7 to 11.30 p.m. They'll award two winners every 30 minutes with $400 cash or $400 bonus play. And then right at about midnight, approximately 11.59, two grand prize winners selected to receive $1,000 cash or $1,000 bonus play awards plus uh, any unclaimed cash from the preliminary drawings. And, uh, again, that's coming up tonight. Tonight, the double plays and double winnings. So uh, we were asked before the break, Shane Beamer, if you could revisionist history, would you hire Beamer over Venables? And I'm still all in on Brent. I I know year one obviously was disappointing and first losing season in a quarter century. If, if year two isn't improved, then obviously the answer is going to be, we think, Shane Beamer the way things would be tracking. But uh, right now, today, I- I'm happy with Brent Venables. And under the scenario where the unfortunate happens and it doesn't work out with Brent, Beamer's he's going to be right at the top of the board if you have another coaching search in the near future, would he not? No, I think I think he will. And I think he's doing He'll be the a- top name. Yeah, and I think he's doing a fine job right now for what he's got at South Carolina. But right now, I still think it's a silly question. We're talking about Beamer and Brent Venables. I'm still all in, just like you, Josh. And we'll see how this season goes for Oklahoma. But, yeah, give me BV. And he's done a lot more in his uh, coaching career. First off at Oklahoma as a defensive coordinator. We know what he accomplished as one, one of the best defensive minds in college football, what he did at Clemson. Now coming back to Oklahoma, we're still waiting on uh, him to put some uh, good seasons in with Oklahoma. This, again, might be the largest crimson and cream Kool-Aid, but I genuinely believe it. that the, And I, I understand to some degree it's sort of a stupid statement, but I, I really feel like the only thing missing for Venables and company is to just go start winning and playing great football, playing good defense, championship defense, and, again, I think that's about to happen starting now in 2023, and I think it's only going to get better with uh, the types of talents that Oklahoma's bringing in, the way they're recruiting. So, no, I'm still I'm still all in on Brent Venables, though I love me some Shane Beamer and think that uh, he'll be very successful at South Carolina and wish him nothing but the best. From the uh, 316, Tommy says, no, I wouldn't have hired Beamer over Brent Venables. I like Beamer. But Brent Venables knows what it takes at Oklahoma. He helped rebuild the culture with Stoops. I honestly don't believe they could have hired anyone better. Uh, 860, Beamer is a nice guy, good coach. He's also from the Mac Brown School of Coaching, a politician. He hasn't built any programs or run a top offense or defense. Uh, Not yet, anyways. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Let's see here. (laughs) From, From the Mac Brown School of Coaching. Well, and, and I don't think that's the craziest comparison. And now, I, I would say, though, as much as we can have our jokes and, you know, 
nitpick this or that with Mac Brown, and, and Oklahoma definitely got the better of Mac, and that part was great, right? And uh, I'll take this one for Chris. All of it with Mac uh, was a happy time for Oklahoma fans. You'd have to say, I mean, I just look at what Texas has failed to do for years and years and years. Mac Brown's a heck of a head football coach outside of the last couple of years at Texas. So, I mean, if we're comparing Beamer to Mac Brown, that's, you know, that's not a bad guy to be compared to, uh, even though, again, I get that we're talking about a Longhorn. Yeah. Uh, a bunch more on the text line we can hit just, just to pay off a tease. Uh, you know, I've been, been saying we're going to play it, we're going to play it, we're going to play it. So let's do here a little bit from one Danny Stutzman, who, uh, who says that uh, Oklahoma, hey, uh, we're, we're, we're turning the corner here, and things, well, they're, they're about to be better in, in year two. And uh, the way they're going to be better is, well, we know the attack plan. We have to be better on early downs. Yeah, I think uh, it's all about fourth quarter finish. Obviously, in a game, there's like three or four plays that kind of dictate the game. And you never know when those plays are going to happen, but you always got to be ready. And I think if you look back at it to our fourth quarter, it wasn't where it needs to be. And that comes down to third and fourth down throughout the entire game. And then the, that also happens to P and 10 opportunities. You know, you got to be better on first down, so you're better on third and fourth down. Sounds pretty simple, right? Pretty straightforward. Uh, one more that was good here from Danny Stutzman who uh, basically grabbed the fly swatter and said, yeah, we don't care about your uh, Big 12 Pretty Season Awards. Sounded like this. I mean, none of those lists really do anything for me. I think uh, personal accolades, personal stats, that's not my motivation. I think, obviously, where we were last year, I think the only goal can be a top-five defense, and that's something that I strive to do. And maybe I don't have as many tackles, but as long as the defense does their job, I'll be a happy man. Okay, what grabs you there, Connor? What stands out for you? It's, it's all about team and not just individual stats. Danny Stutzman led the Big 12th in tackles last year, but he's more focused on winning, more focused on, like he just said, now he's building a top-five defense for Oklahoma next year. Danny Stutzman, I will say this, he, uh, and you know, and I, I'm maybe just guilty of my perception of Danny Stutzman I've never once thought that he's not all business, but hey, he he likes to have some fun, right? And I, I think you can do both, no doubt. And yet, I will say though, it felt like a little bit, a little bit different, Danny Stutzman at Big Twelve Media Days. I don't know if we if we want to play the diving way too deep into how things look, sound, appear. I, I'm here to tell you, if you were ever concerned about this or that with Danny Stutzman, I'm not in that camp. I think. Uh, I think you can have a little bit of fun and still be very, very serious within the football building. And, you know, I, I don't I don't take everything we see in a media setting as the most important thing ever. But I will just say that uh, I, I didn't see, you know, Danny Stutzman to me appeared like somebody that he pretty dialed in and pretty serious, more serious, I think, than maybe other times we've seen him in the past. Yeah, and he's, he's a very entertaining guy, very fun guy off the field, but... When he steps on the field, Josh, I mean, it's it's all business. You, you see a different side of him on the field than like we just saw at, at a Big 12 media day. Well, and I think uh, things go well this season. Stutzman, uh, again, leads the Big 12 in tackles or is in that neighborhood. And TFLs are up in just Oklahoma. Like he says, hey, forget the individual stuff. 
this turns into a top five. De- I mean, if this is a top five defense, Oklahoma's going to the college football playoff if that happens. Oh, but, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, let's say Oklahoma, uh, rapid improvement defensively, right? Vast improvement. Stutzman, to me, is going to wind up as, uh, you know, someone that goes uh, comes off the board in a good spot in the NFL draft, and he's also going to leave Norman as uh, a very, very well-liked linebacker in uh, recent memory for OU. All right, we're up against it. One final timeout, hour number two, Tatum decision right around the corner as well. It's the Plank Show here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, here we go. The Taylor Tatum commitment is live and it is happening as we speak on the Texarkana Longview Game Day YouTube page. They're, uh, they're talking to the head coach right now about uh, Taylor Tatum. So Tatum has not come out just yet. And uh, basically, coach is telling us what I think we kind of already know, Connor, which is, uh, yeah, this guy, uh, he's pretty talented. He's a pretty talented baseball player, pretty talented uh, running back as well. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, we can go to it right now real quick if you like. We, we can wait till the top of the hour, but, yeah, li- live yeah, right now. Let's wait until the the top of the hour. We got it covered, though. We're watching as uh, as we speak right here the Taylor Tatum announcement. Again, if you want to watch along, Texarkana Longview Game Day on YouTube. It's live right now. They're already streaming. So uh, I, I would imagine Taylor Tatum right around the corner. He'll uh, he'll come out and uh, make an announcement that we think is going to be Oklahoma as the nation's top rated running back in 2024 and. Uh, what we think outfield second base for Oklahoma baseball yeah out outfielder so really really talented uh, in both and the announcement is mere moments away of course we're hanging out today at Riverwind Casino and our number two as always of the plank show brought to us by Allison Insurance give Bob or Robert Allison a call 405-745-2968 we we should have news for you Uh, pretty promptly, if not immediately, on the other side. Back with you in a moment right here. It's the Plank Show.